And every once in a while, somebody takes the expensive one. And that's usually the reaction. You would think that you're happiest when somebody takes the most expensive option. And sometimes you are. But sometimes it's like, it's so expensive. It's so elaborate. The reaction is, oh, crap. Now, now I have to figure out how to deliver this. Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver, and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 Lead Gen Strategies Checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, hanging out with Blair Enns and David C. Baker today. And, um, you know, maybe maybe they've hijacked the show. We'll, we'll see by the end of the episode. If, uh, if Welcome we're... to Three Bobs. I'm Blair Enns <laughs> with my co-host, David C. Baker and Brent Weaver. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were... If, you, if, you're, if you're ever hiring... Just let me know if if two bobs can become three bobs. I maybe this is my audition. I'm probably screwing it up already. <laughs> it's been a discussion point for a few years. We are considering format changes, and we have considered and rejected the idea of <laughs> three bobs. We did a survey, and the main format change that our audience wants is to shorten the episodes to five minutes. <laughs> what are they bob. at now? <laughs> 35 35 minutes so they'd, they'd like to get rid of somewhere in the ballpark of 80% of the content and just get it mm-hmm. down to 5 minutes right it, although they made a distinction between the ones where Blair's talking or where I'm talking it's a little it was different we don't need to go into that but <laughs> I, I would definitely be uh, be very interested to hear uh, some some surveys uh, from your your folks and and which which I, I think they would. I don't think you can have one Bob without the other. Probably not. Hey, let me ask you a question related to that. What has your podcast done for the business? Mm. And how long you've been doing it? Yeah, so we're we're coming up on not quite three hundred episodes. This will be close. I'm not sure where we'll be. Probably in the two nineties with this this episode. I think the podcast for us has been the single largest nurturing engine of the business of of finding um, you know it's not it's not the best channel for us of finding new people, but it's definitely once somebody gets like turned on to it, they listen to me talk for a half hour every week, and that's hugely valuable and then also internally for us as a platform to meet other people and have a platform to feature other people in our industry. I think that gives us, you know, some some next level authority within the agency space, which has been really cool. And and selfishly, I just get to hang out with cool people. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like I was thinking about that recently when I talk with a prospect for my business who's been listening to the podcast. It's such an easy, fun conversation. They don't ask stupid questions like, who are you? <laughs> Contrast that with somebody who responds to a paid digital ad somewhere where out of the blue, they don't have any idea what I do. And it's just a weird conversation. The difference is stark. 
But your point that it's not a big driver of leads is, I think David and I would agree with that. It is, uh, it's a great way to think about it. It is a powerful nurturing tool. It's not very often that somebody hires us at Win Without Pitching where they haven't listened to the podcast. But I was looking at our stats the other day, David, and we're, we're averaging about 20, between 20 and 25,000 downloads a month. But it seems to me it's, it's about, 3,000 to 3,500 people at any one time. And those people kind of cycle through. So the numbers are are a little bit deceiving. Mm -hmm. I think somebody comes in binges for maybe a few months, a year or so, and then cycles out and then comes back and checks in. And I'm just kind of correlating the the data with my own podcast uh, listening habits. Mm -hmm. Um. But the the number the core the core listener group at any one time seems to be a, somewhere in the three maybe four or five thousand. But it's it's a percentage of the total downloads because I think somebody discovers it and they they go back and and listen to a whole bunch of episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah, we try to make them evergreen as well so that they're not any less relevant three years from now, something like that. Yours comes out how frequently, Brent? We- weekly, it- weekly. Okay. Yeah, ours is half of that frequency. So, wow. So you're putting, yeah. you're putting. I, I assume you're putting a little bit more intentionality behind each each episode. I mean, are you? You're. you're... There's no intentionality. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that's a different podcast. So, yeah, no, so the evergreen do, yeah. element of it is is topic selection, and then you two jam on topics. We cho- we alternate. So he Blair will pick a topic. I'll interview him on it. He'll send me three paragraphs, five paragraphs of notes. And then we flip that around. So every time we take turns, so it's, everyone is thematic. Mm. And two of them have been fake. As in, (laughs) they were really bad advice that we intended to be bad advice, but people didn't pick that up and thought it was good advice. Like, uh, what was the name of the one about the proposal, Blair? Secrets Behind the Killer Proposal. Oh, yeah. One of our top performing episodes. <laughs> There's 10 secrets. <laughs> and it's all somewhere. BS. Yeah, somewhere in the seventh or eighth of that, the advice is staple $100 bills between the proposal pages to make it more likely that it's accepted. We thought by that point, people should realize this is bull****. <laughs> some of them didn't. No, some of our listeners are in jail now. I mean... <laughs> But like stapling a hundred dollar bills in your proposal, I mean, you like that idea, huh? I mean, it's I'm, not so I'm, crazy, is it? He's stealing it. He's stealing I, it. I'm That's a little bit more into like you know, it should be tested, right? It should be A/B <laughs> tested, right? If we could, if there's a way to A/B test that in a in a meaningful way, I mean, I could just imagine back in the day of having. You know, being being a, an agency that's pitching, being one of fifty agencies, right? Because some clients just do that to the agency ecosystem and you don't realize it's happening when they're doing it, but they go out and, you know, pull a tender from 50, 50 different, uh, you know, agencies or whatever, have all these people working hard on these proposals and they already like, they already know a guy, they already know who they're going to pick, right? But they just, they just want to make sure, extra sure, right? But maybe then like a hundred dollar bill at the top, like maybe that gets you a, a, a presentation or an extra discovery meeting. I don't know. How do you do it digitally? That's the question. It gets you an extra meeting, but it wouldn't be with the prospect. <laughs> well, so I just had a gentleman on um, and he talked about gift cards to take a meeting. And so he sends people on LinkedIn $100 if they take a meeting with them. And it's like that simple. He just he just gift cards them. He just sends them 100 bucks. They spend, 
They spent $400,000 last year on gift cards, $17 million year agency, $400,000 in gift cards. Like That's a know. lot of meetings. That's my first thought. It's a lot, a of, lot meetings. of meetings for somebody that wants a hundred bucks. Yeah. But I was just looking today and our, our cost per MQL is about 270. And I'm like, could we cut that in half by just giving people a hundred dollars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except that they wouldn't you can. They all be <laughs> qualified, right? Right. I mean, they're not all qualified as it is, right? I mean, they, 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 you know, it's an MQL. I'll put that in air quotes. Right. But your your books, man, it's like the simplicity. It just like I assume it doesn't start simple. Uh, the book starts simple. Like or? like you have to like you just always like your ideas are so like crisp and like simple. Oh. You know, it's like do they do they do do you write that way the first time or is it like a a pruning down of of a very large tree into really crisp ideas? Oh, I lose so much patience with my own writing. I don't prune it down. I just try to be. I'm just. I am so impatient that it translates into efficient writing. <laughs> it's not a gift. It flows from my weakness. So, it, but, but I don't really think an idea is all that translatable until it's really concise. So mm. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I've got to be able to explain it to somebody else that doesn't, that isn't in the field I'm talking to. And that requires it to be simple. And the other thing I've learned just in the last few years of my life, is that you really need to illustrate your ideas too. Like visually, it helps so much. So yeah, I was I was worried that people would say, this this book is really short for the price, but I like the fact that people are calling it concise. I'm getting a lot of feedback like that. So quick, thank you so much for not wasting my time. Really, yeah. a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the famous, uh, I guess, Mark Twain quote, right? If I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter kind of thing. Right. I mean, that's, I right. think people that have written a book or write a blog, right? It's, it's easier to write, you know, more content versus like really punchy stuff. And I think you kind of bring to the, you, you bring the essence forward, which I think is, is genius. I was reading one part about the, uh, the doer and the thinker, the expert versus the client. And I think mm -hmm. I, it kind of made me realize like when you get into that doer zone, you know, you kind of get into like the friend zone. And I think you go into a lot of really good reasons around that. But I think that's a really common place that agencies get into, especially in a retainer relationship where they kind of start to lose grip on strategy and overall like value. And then it becomes like going through the motions around Facebook ads or around, you know, content marketing or social media. And then, you know, I just I watched this this that relationship break down on both sides, right? It's both being the agency owner, but also hiring a lot of clients, right? At some point, like the magic wears off, and you're like, oh, this is just like an employee that I've hired for my business or whatever. That's you know, right. hard to get a hold of and <laughs> doesn't deliver on time and has 19 other bosses or whatever, right? I I liken the difference between the two as the 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 army that descends and liberates the liberating force everybody cheers for and then the occupying force which really annoys people right they they take over their homes they eat their crops they date their daughters and you did that process of becoming more and more familiar is what loosens that expert that perspective of expertise it's 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 written all over our culture and then when people who are supposedly more important need to mix with the unwashed masses we put them in uniforms so that we can immediately let them stand out like corporate pilots in airports, that kind of thing, or police officers. That's yeah, interesting. Nowadays. I feel, yeah. 
Well, he's right. I need to write another book. I don't know what it needs to be. I, at the end of this one, I said, okay, I think I'm done. Like six, I'm done. But now I'm getting the itch to write something else, but I don't have, I don't have a topic yet. I have to figure that out if you have any ideas. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. Have you guys done a, a, a book on, I assume not, like a, a Two Bobs collaborative book? I think you just have AI write it these days. Blair is already in my books, and sometimes <laughs> I give him credit and vice versa. I think our minds are, they're so close, we need to work to keep them apart, not closer together, right? Yeah. He said sometimes he gives you credit. <laughs> Did you, when you were reading the book, you probably said, that's my stuff. <laughs> and then at the end of the chapter, I did I did give you credit for that. A whole chapter, in fact. Yeah, I I see my stuff in your stuff. And every every time I do, I, I think I know your stuff is all over my stuff. We agreed years ago. We're we're gonna try to cite each other, but we're 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 not just gonna get hung up on like who came up with the idea first. We our thinking tends to converge. We don't disagree on things very often. So we come together on ideas and the language sometimes is very similar and we we just agreed that we're not going to we're not going to kind of keep score on that that issue. We're both pretty good with it. Until I run out of money and then I'm going to stew your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the the last chess piece, right? That's it. That's going to be yeah. the the takedown move. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I like I I feel like uh David and I are almost, and I, I, I know David agrees too, we're, we're almost, some people think we're business partners, right? We run two different businesses that serve the same market. There is some overlap in some of what we do. So we're, we're colleagues, we're collaborators, we're competitors, we're friends. We're probably as close enough to each other already and already creating some confusion in the marketplace, you know, writing books together. Although, you know what, we... We haven't talked about this for a while, David, but we used to talk about the book. Like at the end of our careers, mm -hmm. we're going to write a tell-all book. So every once in a while, we would trade a note and say, oh, this here's one for the book. <laughs> we won't believe what this client just did. So all these clients, people who've paid, hired us and paid us money, we're going to tell all the stories in the end, or at least that <laughs> used to be the plan. I have, I, I have mine starting. I have the outline started. I've got 14 stories already in there. Mm. Like like the time I went out to the car to get a weapon to protect myself before the next interview. Goes on and on. <laughs> this is legit. This is legit. Yeah. So, but you went back in for the other interview. I did because I and he had a weapon in the car. <laughs> American versus Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have called the RCMP and they would come trotting up on a donkey. But is it usually like the moment at which you decide you need to go get the weapon in between the interviews? Isn't that usually the moment you'd say like, I probably shouldn't take the second interview or was it, it was still like, I need this job. I need this gig. Yeah, you don't know David oh. Baker. He would <laughs> yeah. go back. He would just be armed. <laughs> right. That, that I, between like at, 
when I finished the interview right before, they came in and said, hey, we need to tell you some things about this next interview. We think he's got some serious mental issues. He poisoned the water at an employee party last month. Somebody saw it and we have a police report. So I thought, oh, okay. Because he was not a good employee and I was going to have to talk to him about that. So that was what drove it. But all the details will be in the book, including the names and everything. <laughs> the, no, the book. The book. It'll just be uh, called The Book. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, a list, Blair, of of any of these stories that you've documented for the book? Oh, I have a mental list. I haven't written out, I have not written out any of these stories like David has, but I'm carrying the, the very best stories around in my head. There's there's definitely enough for a book and a, a really good half a book. So I think at some point, I don't know when, you know, we still have a little bit of ways to go. I mean, I guess six months at least. Yeah, yeah. We got a few more years left in us. So I don't think that book's coming out anytime soon because after that book comes out, we're never working again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, Blair. I think you were at um uh, I guess maybe Youth Summit 2018, maybe 2019, something like that. And I think it was right yeah, I'm not, before. I'm not good with dates. Yeah, so. I think it was right yeah, before pricing right. creativity came out or was in the process of coming out. That came out in January 2018, so five years ago. I'm thinking that maybe you were out at the 2017 Youth Summit. Did he talk you, about th- that book then? I I think you were talking about pricing the book, and you were like. I think I'm going to sell a book for like $300. <laughs> You're like, my last book was like $20, but I'm doing a book on 25. pricing and I, I'm going to charge yeah. $300 for it. And, and I, I think you've successfully done that, which is, which is really cool. But I'm kind of interested in, I mean, at this point, was that pricing strategy like a good move or, or how, how has that book played with your overall all business, right? Of having like a, a higher ticket book for that's so hyper niched well my first book was just called the one without pitching guidebook and i i when somebody ordered it on my website i would print it off stick it in a binder peel and stick a a um a cd rom with some pdfs and ship it off and i charged 995 dollars for that book and then my second book the one without pitching manifesto it's been out since 2010 it just passed 80,000 copies sold. It's $25, $25 a copy. Of course, Amazon always discounts it, which drives me nuts. But whatever, they're, they're still selling it, it's still selling well. And then when I was writing the pricing book, at some point I realized, okay, this is going to be a real a, a reference manual. And pricing is a super high ROI topic. Like, I don't think there's a higher ROI topic for our audience than pricing. So I thought it would be a crime to charge $25 for this book. And I thought, well, this will be the first pricing book in the world that's priced based on the principles in the book. So there are three different formats at three different prices, $100, $199, and $320. And it sold, I was just looking at the numbers the other day, it sold over 2,000 copies. The average purchase price is $216. And the highest selling option is the most expensive one, is 320. So I've clearly priced it wrong because the highest selling option should be the middle one. Mm. And I've known this for a while. It's been out five years. And my intent was always to change the pricing and do some experimenting with it. 
And I've never really got around to it. Uh, it's something I should have done. The, clearly, the the price for the most expensive one option could have gone up. But it's um, it's a self published book. It's my target was a million dollars, and it's it's surpassed that, and it keeps going. It still it still sells strongly. That's awesome. So your your action pack plus should become the middle, and then there should be like a helicopter yeah, ride with or Blair, the, or the prices just need to change. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be the simpler option is just go into WooCommerce or whatever, just change the price and, yeah. and be done with it. We we just had a we had about seventy agencies out to Denver last week and I was uh I was really excited. Somebody presented a proposal um talk and they had a you know, they introduced this this, you know, the a VIP package or whatever that should be ten times as your, you know, high as your middle package and it was it felt like a little throwback to you know your talk that you gave and kind of introducing that concept of like a like really brainstorm and open up like an idea of a bigger package or a bigger way of serving a client like really just take off the 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 limitations of of creativity and and the speaker put in a really interesting framework which was like you know pitch the package that you you want to deliver like it doesn't matter if the client wants it, but like, just think like crazy. Like she's like, I would, you know, what what would what would it cost for me to fly to my client's office and work in a work in a in their backyard in a tent for like two weeks? Like go live at their house or whatever, you know? Like what would I charge for that? And and you know, she put it in a package, right? And I think one of her clients eventually, somebody eventually took the package, and she was like, oh crap, I have to go like live at my client's house for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's interesting. You come up with these high anchor price options where I, the language I really like is to think creatively and expansively. I, I briefed my team to think creatively and expansively. What's the most we can do to help these people, you, the client, create this value you're trying to create? And here's what they came up with. And so it's, it's actually a great creative exercise. You don't, you start with the price first. So you uncover what the value is and then you get to price. And then, you, then you, then you, deduct profit now you have costs and you say okay now we've got a million dollars let's what what's the most we can do for a million dollars and the expectation is the client's probably not going to choose this option but you start with it but it really does open their thinking up so it opens your thinking up as you're as you're scoping an engagement and it and it facilitates a really interesting conversation with the client then you move on from that option to the cheaper ones Every once in a while, somebody takes the expensive one. And that's usually the reaction. You would think that you're happiest when somebody takes the most expensive option. And sometimes you are. But sometimes it's like, it's so expensive. It's so elaborate. The reaction is, oh, crap. Now I, now I have to figure out how to deliver this. <laughs> and you have probably no SOPs for it. No you know, no training no for your SOPs. team. You're, you're, you're starting <laughs> yeah. from scratch. How, how, um, how'd you guys meet? As a conference, right? Was it? Yeah. So I've been reading your stuff for a long time. Invited you to come speak. David and I and a mutual friend just spent a few days together in Cabo San Lucas, and uh, we met in Cabo San Lucas or Cabo closer to Cabo San Jose twenty years ago this year when David invited me to speak at his conference MYOB, which ran for a bunch of years. Then it. Then he shut it down and he's just opened it back up. And maybe he can talk more about that in a minute, but he just did the first kind of new MYOB in Atlanta this past year and it's happening again and it's getting bigger. This, the, this event is blowing up. 
but he invited me to speak at it. I had emailed him and introduced myself when I launched my business in April of 2002. And then he hired me to speak in 2003. I want to say it was October oh, of 2003. Oh, really? I didn't know it was that close from when you started. Huh? Yeah, I, I may have misrepresented some things to you when I reached out to you. God, yeah. <laughs> Old habits die hard. <laughs> yeah, so he spoke and then... Uh, we stayed in touch, and then I remember I got sick. I was doing something, and I had a kidney stone. I, it was a Sunday night. The thing was going Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I thought, well, maybe I'll pass it by then. I'll be fine. Didn't happen. I started to panic like Monday or Tuesday and said, hey, Blair, man, can you come and help me with this? I think I paid you 10000 bucks. So No, you didn't pay me ten. <laughs> How much? More or less? Way less. Oh, no, I think it was, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go look no. it up. Okay. No. I anyway. remember the email. I was at my brother's wedding. The wedding was <laughs> over, so I was on the road. And I get this email and the subject line is oops. And it says, hey, I'm running this a new business event and uh, I'm in the hospital with a kidney stone. And each, what are the chances you could fly down and help me out with this? And I just happened to be free. So instead of going home, I went on a plane. My wife took the kids home. <clears throat> I got on a plane, went down. And uh, David would leave the hospital bed every once in a while to, to chip in and make sure I wasn't destroying, destroying his reputation yeah. with his clients. And then we'd go back to the hospital. <laughs> that that was started an event. Started an event that we did for 10 years. Yeah, we called it the New Business Summit after that. And it was an event we ran for 10 years quite successfully. And then on a break, one year, Blair says, you know, I think I'm done with this. This will be our last one. So that was David, the last one. David hasn't forgiven me. We, <laughs> we might resurrect it. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white-label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e, the number 2msolutions.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. All this breaking news here, Brent. Uh, <laughs> MYOB is, is back in force. Definitely want to hear about that. New Biz Summit might be coming back online. You guys going to... We can yeah. announce a date if you want right now. I'm sure we could, we could link to tickets. We could, we could promote it on the show right now if you want to commit. Yeah. What we really want to do is... Find a way for people to get really interested in us like you, you got bought. Like that's, you know, nobody ever asks us. <laughs> so we'd want it. We, we need a bigger platform, I think. Maybe you could help us with that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it was an interesting process for sure. I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's for everyone, right? It's, it's what's, what's right for the business at the time. And we saw a path to... To serving more agencies through a, you know, kind of a, a, I don't know if it's a shortcut, probably, um, you know, 
there's there's always um, costs associated with stuff, whether it's good or bad, right? And I think that we just saw an opportunity to to serve more agencies in a broader platform faster and sooner, and found the right partners of those, you know, with those companies uh, first with Cloudways, and then now with with DigitalOcean through those acquisition acquisition processes, and um, it's it's been really cool just to be a part of a, a bigger pond. I mean, you know, you could serve more agencies if you bought two Bobs and. <laughs> <laughs> and David's business and my business. I got some other sideline businesses. We could just a, they they could use a new owner. Yeah, got, we got lots of stuff to sell you. Just just but is, is there? I mean, I was is there? Uh, I guess there's a two Bob's brand and a platform. But is there even a legal entity there? Or is it just like a, a collaboration between two businesses? Who pays yeah. for the hosting? We split all the costs, but we it doesn't cost much at all. It's what five hundred an episode all in like. The production value is really good, but that's because we have a really good sound engineer. And we only we only take one pass at it. We don't, you know, we don't hardly we don't do hardly any editing except for the verbal kind of stuff, right? So it's not that expensive. No, we just split the costs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, you know, I see a lot of people early in their agency career and also early in their niching career where they are very like. I don't know if apprehensive about strategic partnerships or, you know, maybe they're slow to form those relationships uh, or they think that other people that serve their target market are competitors. They should not reach out to them. They shouldn't talk to them. And, you know, my experience has always been the opposite. (laughs) It's like, you know, that so much opportunity opens up when you start to connect and collaborate. And so I think, you know, even just highlighting your story for people, I mean, I don't know if they want to go out and create their own two pops for their market, but like, I think it shows just modeling extraordinarily abundant mindset behavior where you two serve the same market. Your services probably even have substantial overlap in terms of how you can help agencies and kind of how you operate, but there's probably a lot of nuance to how you serve those target customers. And there's obviously like you've grown a much bigger pie together than maybe what you would be able to achieve on your own. And, um, you know, I think that's a, it's a really great uh, story, you know, just to show what you guys have been able to accomplish. I'm committed to raising the business practice of this industry. That's what drives me and not just my clients. So I've got an interest in all of all of us advisors working together to do that because it's a much bigger job than one person could do anyway. Plus, like I'm not very good at big parts of it. So it's just a, yeah, I agree with that perspective. It's, uh, I've tried to raise the profile of a lot of my competitors, I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't see any downside. I mean, there's a few out there that I wouldn't do, but they're so rare. Most of them are really good. They just do things differently. You guys have a minute to stick around for a couple of lightning round questions? Sure. Yep. So we'll do, maybe we'll start here with uh, Blair and then uh, David, you can answer the same question. I know you guys have both been on the show before, so we'll, we'll see how your answers today compare. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, never break more than one law at a time. David? Oh, goodness. Dividing my week up into hard work days, prepare to work days, and relax days. Love that. I was strategic coach. Blair, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Oh, I feel like I fight all my... Any success I've achieved has been through me fighting my personal habits. The love slash hate of writing, if that's a if that's a habit, 
because I really don't have the writing habit I would love to I would love to have. That's a horrible answer to the question. I really can't answer that question. No, that's a good answer. What fight fighting my habits? This, any success has been in spite of my habits. Yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> Mine is probably to be really quick to start and quick to stop things. So I I explore lots of things, throw money at lots of different IP ventures, but then not afraid to stop them if they don't go somewhere. So be super disciplined, throw money and time at something. If it doesn't work, bam, start something else. Ruthless, ruthless. Can you share an internet resource or a tool that you've been using lately that you think is valuable? I'm going to think on this, David. You probably have a lot because you send me four a day. So why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, if you're looking for interesting things to read, just scan the authors that have signed up at Substack. I subscribe to nine or 10 different authors there. They're what's unique about them is they're sort of iconoclasts. And so they get you, even if you don't agree, like I read one guy's newsletter who's a, a very strong avowed socialist. I I find it really interesting. So that would be the, that'd be my resource that probably contributes to my, because high up on my list is I got to keep learning. And this is one way to keep learning. So Substack for David Blair? Yeah, I'd say it depends on where my focus is. Um, so I'll, my my answer today is um, I'm really interested in uh, people modeling who are good at modeling how to speak to each other. So Econ Talk is one of my favorite podcasts because um, it's not all about economics. It's been since running since 2006, but Russ Roberts is the best long form interviewer I have ever encountered. <clears throat> and he is great at interviewing people he does not agree with. And you can see if you I haven't listened since 2006, but I've listened for about 10 years and you can see him change his mind on things over time. And that's really inspirational to me. And then I've in the last six months been just soaking up every minute of the All In podcast, which is quite a popular podcast for Silicon Valley venture capitalists. They're all friends. And what I'm the subject matters I find interesting, but what I'm really intrigued by is how four friends with different points of view and political points of view can have a conversation with, with each other and push each other. And it's really listening to them has really just kind of opened up my, made me more of a critical thinker and made me question, open to new ideas and new points of view and question some of my long held assumptions. So just these, these examples of how people how to speak to people you don't agree with are really inspiring to me these days. David, what book besides your own would you recommend for our readers? Oh, this is going to sound tacky, but I really would have to say The Win Without Pitchy Manifesto. And I, yes. don't, I don't expect Blair to somehow pick one of my books. because I, But I just really think that's such a timeless book that's so inspirational. And I think it... It inspires people. They're not sure exactly what to do, which is what subsequent books do, but um, they're they're just they realize, oh my god, I need to think differently. So I that's the that's my honest answer. 
In, in Blair book recommendation? Well, thanks for that, David. I'm holding David's book, The Business of Expertise, in my hand because it's sitting here right on my desk. And I don't remember why it's right on my desk. I was showing it or referencing it recently. Um, I won't return the favor, but I appreciate the re- recommendation, David. Um, I I want to give a shout out to Alex Hormozzi's book, $100 Million mm. Offers, because yeah. this is a, it's a book that has sold really, really well. But it's a bit of a deceptive book because when I picked it up or looked at it first i i was like almost i almost recoiled from it like it just screamed snake oil salesman to me everything from the title to the layout to alex's photo if you have to if you don't know what he looks like or at least in the book you just he's a really he's a gym rat right he's just like he's built and he's got the um he's got a look let's just say that and he would he knows it he he milks i don't know him so i picked up that book just like with filled with skepticism. And I start reading, it's like, hmm, this guy writes well. Hmm, he's actually pretty smart. Hmm, he's actually done, oh my God, he's done this. He's like, (laughs) and it's not universally applicable advice to all agencies, but if you are vertically specialized and to the point, and you have like a bit of a convergent business model where you solve an expensive business problem for one business in a vertical, and then you can, with a high degree of confidence, port that solution over to many others in the vertical. Man, is that the book for you? So $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. And it's it's popular. It's selling really well. But I, I think there's some agency folks out there who who might think, as I did, that no, there's nothing in this book for me. I would say, give it a shot. I've recommended it a lot to people. And then some people I've even asked them to read it again a second time because I thought they breezed through it and didn't give it the credit Yeah, it was due. Well, awesome recommendations. Big Alex Hermosi fan. So we'll link out to $100 million offers, business of expertise, win without pitching manifesto, all in podcast, econ talk, Substack, and all the great tools, takeaways, tips at our show notes page. Check it out, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're out on the road or on a run or on your bike like me, we'll have a, fig- a picture of David and Blair right up there on the page. If you're listening this week of, click on them and you're going to get an action-packed show notes recap of today's episode. Gents, quickly, how can our audience find out more about you, David? DavidCBaker.com. And Blair? WinWithoutPitching.com. And I'm at Blair Ends on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Excellent. We will link out to both your websites, your books, to Bob's social media platforms. If you're looking to become super fans of Mr. David C. Baker and Blair Ends, check out our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're an agency owner, if you're a growing agency owner, if you're an established agency owner, you got to follow these two gents. If you haven't read everything that they've put out, uh, you're missing out big. So make sure you go and follow up with them after today's episode. And that's our show today. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 Lead Gen Strategies Checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, 
live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.